Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. I'm your host, Kate Warman, and I'm so excited that you are tuning in today because if you are here today, you need to know a really big announcement. For the first time ever, we are doing video podcasts. That's right. You can find us on YouTube over on the Heart of Dating channel, and you can now watch us on the podcast. You can watch me on the podcast today. You can watch JJ and I together for this conversation. We wanted to add this fun new element to the podcast. We'll see how it goes. We hope to continue to do video podcasts but we want to see what you guys think of this. And so if you listen normally on, you know, Apple, Spotify, any of those things, encourage you today to check out on YouTube and watch us do the episode and see what you think. Now, I'm really excited for what we have in store for you today. I brought my boo, JJ Tomlin, back on the podcast. And today, you guys, we are going over pace and boundaries in a relationship and why knowing what these two things are and really being able to have a strategy when it comes to pace and boundaries is so important in your relationship. And we're also going to share how JJ and I did this as well and give you a whole bunch of tips on how to do this in a very practical way. This isn't going to be your classic episode where we just talk about physical boundaries. No, we are actually going to talk about multiple different kinds of boundaries. We're going to talk about spiritual, emotional, and physical boundaries. And we're also going to give you an actual model on how to actually pace your dating relationship. Okay. It's a really, really, really good episode filled with a lot of content. You're probably going to want to take notes. And here's the thing. I want to know personally, if you are enjoying these episodes with JJ and I, will you let us know by sending us an email, by giving us a DM, by resharing this episode, or you could also just show us some love by rating and reviewing this podcast, which always means the world to us specifically over on iTunes. Okay, you guys, I'm so excited. Let's get into the episode for this week. All right. All right. Hey, guys. We are here today on Heart of Dating, aren't we, babe? Yes, we are. I got invited back. This Again. is your fourth episode. Yeah. Technically, there's another one that people are asking for now. Oh, there's technically a fifth episode. Okay. All right. You know what? I still haven't got there yet, babe. Yeah. Okay. Why is that? I mean, I'm asking on behalf. Well, I have to that. listen to it back. I don't remember what it sounds like. Okay. I th- I thought it was pretty good. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Well, today, babe, what are we covering? We're covering pace. Ooh. And boundaries. Pace and boundaries. (laughs) Biggest buzzword ever. Boundaries is for sure. I know. We're just going to label this Christian boundaries and dating and it's going to go off. I know. As if, yeah, we're going to, that would be a great title. But the thing is, you guys, that boundaries, and we are going to touch on them a bit today, but they're more than just physical boundaries. We are going to be touching on three kinds of boundaries. Babe, do you want to tell them three kinds? Yeah. They're spiritual, mm-hmm. emotional, mm-hmm. and physical. That's right. And I think it's probably important to think about 
the day you learn these boundaries. Yeah. Whether it's today or whether it's like a mentor. Or, or have not. Yeah. Cause it's a, it should be a really big day of how you change your approach to dating. Yeah. I agree. So there is so much here that we want to like unpack with you guys, both to share some teaching elements and to share how this obviously applied with us and also what we've learned and recommend. Mm-hmm. And so, babe, should we start with pace and then we'll go into boundaries? How about that? Yeah, that sounds good. And to kick it off, I have a question. Okay. So we're just going to jump right in. Okay. What's My the question? question is, do you think that Christians commit too early in dating? And if so, like, why do you think that is? Uh, yes. Yeah. I definitely think Christians commit far too early. And I also have been this person that committed far too early, but I think we often meet someone who is our quote unquote type. And then we put all of our eggs in that basket and we commit really early. And I did a quote on Instagram a while ago that was like, we, we put our eggs in all in a basket really early and we commit it like right away. And then we slap the word intentional on it. Well, I'm being intentional, like as if the commitment makes it so you are more godly because you're committing early. And I'm just going to say it. I actually, actually think this is unwise i really think it's unwise well and let's clarify yeah when you say commit you're not talking about like committing to an exclusive dating relationship are you well that's what a lot of people do yeah but or do you mean like i'm just really committing a lot to them up front like it doesn't oh, even have to I be think exclusive. Both yeah, I think exactly. ho- both happen. Types. I think that you put you put a lot of weight on the relationship, but I'm talking commitment. I'm talking about like I'm exclusive with this person right away. Okay. And um, you know, we talk about the stages here being single, dating, relationship, engaged, married. And in the dating phase, there's like kind of two parts. There's like your dating and mm-hmm. getting to know the person on a friendship level. And then at some point you may establish like I I've no, I know enough information that I want to keep dating just this person, but I'm not ready to go to the relationship yet. And that's what I call exclusivity. Technically it's like, I'm exclusive. Meaning what does that word mean? It means I'm not, I'm off the apps. I'm not seeing anybody else. I'm just focusing on this one person. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, but what I see Christians do is like, we go on one date or two dates and then it's like, we're exclusive. Now we're together. We're like the following week, third week, we're showing up to church together with our hands to like holding, you know? (laughs) It's almost like you have to, right? Like we went on two dates and you know, like just by default. Well, there's no have to. Yeah. Well, like that's the mentality sometimes by default. They've just, we feel a pressure to be exclusive too fast. Yes. And so this is what happens when Christians commit too early. And you're right, because there's a lot of pressure, babe. So that's a really good point. But I think, you know, this, this develops a hyper, like a hyper emotional attachment with someone and it disconnects your head and your heart. And it makes you just lead with your heart. It's like that whole love is blind, which we talked about the other week, actually the show, but like love is blind. Like you're blindly going into it saying like, I'm going to commit to this person. I'm going to love this person. I'm going to do whatever I can to make it work with this person. But you are not using other parts of your head. You're not using wisdom. You're not using discernment necessarily. And it's like they turn on the love button and suddenly they're just like, okay, whatever I can do to make it work with this person, which you sounds good, right? Like commitment sounds good. I'm going to do whatever I can to make it work with this person. But actually, if you don't know that much about this person, it's not that wise Mm -hmm. to jump both feet in. And we talk about guarding our hearts, babe, right? Like we talk about that a lot and Mm -hmm. guarding our hearts is 
um, is also not just on responsibility of the other person. It's also responsibility on us to take ownership of guarding our own hearts by not committing too early before you actually know someone. Yeah, it's like the hyper intentionality, like just fuels that drive mm. to, to be, you know, committed. Yeah. And it's like, I, I would say it's all good intention. There's a good intention behind but it. But it's like uncapped, you yeah. know, untamed. It can develop into an issue. Yes, I agree. And so I think, and we are going to talk today that there needs to be uh, boundaries and you need to be able to see somebody through time because um, that's the only way you can make a truly wise decision about if you want to be in a relationship with somebody. So right now I'm speaking to the people where you want to put all your eggs in one basket early on, mm -hmm. where you like, uh, you have, you go to boyfriend, girlfriend stage with very quickly. I'm going to say within one month or less, that is too quickly. In this episode, we're talking about the fact that we believe the pace should be 90 days um, of getting to know someone. 60 to 90 days, 90 days would be better of getting to know someone before you truly commit to be being in a relationship. And this ju isn't just because this is what you and I practice, babe. This is actually backed by like therapists, like, and in different studies that say it's healthier to see a person through time. Yeah. I, and, and if it gives a little bit more incentive, when you put the stake in the ground after that mm -hmm. time frame, 60 days, 90 days, it's super exciting. It builds up a lot of uh, patience because you have to kind of like deny yeah. That excitement, that hyper excitement. And you can, you can approach it a little bit more clearly. Yes. You know? Yes. You can approach it a lot more clearly mm -hmm. when you've seen a person through time. Now, in order to have this kind of a healthy pace, this includes boundaries. Woo. You need to have boundaries in place to be able to see someone through time. Okay. Yes. And the biggest reason for this is for your own safety, your internal safety, your emotional safety. There's a lot, this is all about safety for you as an individual. And the second reason is actually for the health of your relationship. It's not only for you, it's also for the health of your relationship because truly you're, because guess what? You're either going to if you take the time to see someone, you can put before truly di diving in, you may discern this. Actually, I thought in the beginning, first month, my feelings, all the feels, I thought I was going to marry this person. Yes. But if you actually pace yourself and let ever, all the different areas build, then through time, by the end of 90 days, let's say you might be like, oh, wow, I'm super glad I didn't commit to this person. Yeah, exactly. Early on. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I just had a great thought. So right now we're in California. And the housing market yeah. across the U.S. is going crazy. They basically, the Redfin CEO came, came out and said, in the last 10 years, they just didn't build enough houses. So mm -hmm. inventory is super constrained. Like, of course, everything else. Interest rates were, you know, really favorable. But basically, you know, if anybody's bought a house lately, and if you haven't, I'm sure you've heard all about it. <laughs> what is everybody doing? They're sometimes not even visiting the house. They'll look online, they'll see it, and they'll put an offer down 100K over. They'll waive inspection rights. Mm. They'll let that family stay there for an extra three months. They go above and beyond just to secure the house. Yeah. Because guess what? There is a real scarcity mindset. 
because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of inventory. Well, guess what? That's if you walk into dating that's right, with honey. a scarcity mindset and saying, this is a great one. And, and I, I have to do whatever I can to keep this <laughs> one because there's only you, one out yeah, there. And you always hear that. Oh, you got to lock that down. Oh my gosh. And so guess what? You're going to waive the inspection rights. Yeah. You're, you're going to go a little crazier up front and you're going to say, no, no, this is the one. This is I it. have to have it. Oh my gosh. And instead That's of, right. you know, because imagine if there's infinite houses out there, you could go through a 30 day inspection. You could even go through a 30 day trial of mm-hmm. like living in the house. You could do a lot of things. And then at the end of the 90 days, you're like, yeah, this is the one. Yeah. This is the one I want to live in for at least a couple years or a year and see, you know, if I want to make this my lifetime home. Yeah. Same thing with dating. That's so important, babe. And so I think the funny part of what you're saying too, I just want to clarify for people listening. If you are, this is, this is, we are about commitment. We are about making a commitment in a relationship. If you're somebody listening that has a really hard time with commitment, then like you need to challenge yourself. Probably if you don't commit to anybody, you need to probably challenge yourself more to commit to people. Um, again, after 60 to 90 days, ideally. (laughs) But um, so this may not be exactly the same for you because you may need to learn how to be more vulnerable and expedite the pace just a little bit, like quicken your pace just a little bit. You're maybe the tortoise right now, a little more pep in your step (laughs) and a little more commitment because we are living in a consumeristic culture where it says, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Yeah. And Kate and I talk a lot about like this idea of a pendulum. Like Mm. if you think about like a grandfather clock, and that pendulum is swinging left mm. and right. You know, we're always kind of on these issues, one side or the other. I would just say with dating, like it's like TLC, the 90 day fiance. <laughs> like this should be like 90 day girlfriend, right? yeah. 90 day boyfriend. Like really pace it out because, you know, we'll say this again and again. Character shines over time and same thing in dating. Yeah. Like you really need time to see who this person truly is. And if they are, you know, healthy, like that will shine more clearly over time. And I truly believe I've dated, unfortunately, a lot of toxic people and not all of them. Again, want to shout out the great guys I have dated. However, there have been some (laughs) toxic guys out there that I've dated. And I will be real that in following more of this model, I it has been proven to me that a guy who may seem amazing at first, if you let it go for longer and you don't commit to them up front, even if they want to, and you feel the feels and you just wait for me, there has been instances that it's 60 days where it's like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. wait a second. This is colors. I was not seeing the beginning. I am so glad I didn't commit. I'm so glad we didn't take this any further because I didn't. Now I'm truly getting to know them more parts of them. I'm being able to, I'm building, I'm seeing if I can trust the person. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing if I can rely. And we actually have a model that we're going to go through towards the, or the middle of the episode today. Um, a really great model from Dr. John Van Epp, which I'm excited about, which will actually give you guys practical ways to measure the pace. But I'm just saying like, there's people out there that really can like come across really awesome for a certain amount of time. Charmers. Yes. But you know what, if you are that person like me, that you have fallen for more than one toxic guy or, or even just one really, 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 as much as you can start to healthily pace yourself over 60 to 90 days and really develop friendships, see that person's character, learn Mm -hmm. if you can trust them and don't just go in more than not. What I hear from people is that they regret moving in too quickly. But what I don't often as much hear is people 
really regretting that they took their time to get to know one another. Yeah, I've never heard. Rarely. I've I've never heard somebody say, we're boyfriend and girlfriend now. I kind of regret, you know. Taking my time. Taking a, an extra month to decide whether or not I'd be exclusive with them. Yeah. Nobody's ever re- regretted that. No, not that I've heard, but people do regret. Oh my gosh, we jumped in really quick because we <laughs> yeah. felt the feels and I wish I didn't because I missed these red flags because that's what it happens. The hyper emotional attachment makes you like hold on to love for dear life before yeah. you know them. So therefore you're missing these red flags or you're overlooking them now because now you're committed and you're trying well, to make it work. And even, yeah, overlooking is probably more often, Yeah, you know, it's because you're not oblivious but you're, it's, think about when you, you know, I, I don't want to pull the sin example, mm. but you know, the heart can be very deceitful. And when you want something, <laughs> you will do anything to justify it. Like mentally. Yeah. Mentally. You take these little mind loops, these mental loops. Yes. Little shortcut. I, I am like the king of little mental shortcuts. I as know Kate that, knows. honey. I do know. But that you will, you. your brain will literally come up with a mental shortcut like it's magic. Yeah. And you're like, what? Oh yeah. But there's a loophole there. Wasn't there? (laughs) Yeah. Or I can fix it. Yeah. Oh, that one too. So to maintain a healthy pace, we highly recommend some boundaries and quickly, we're just going to go over the three types of boundaries. And then we want to give you a model for how to pace in your relationships. So the three kind of boundaries, and there are more than these, but I think these are essential to really pay attention to in your dating and relationship stages. And these three boundaries are emotional, spiritual, and physical. So babe, why don't we just quickly go over each one of these stages? Okay. Okay. So do you want me to start? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so emotional, this is more about vulnerability and, um, and safety. And so can, do you feel seen by this person? Do you feel safe emotionally with this person? Have you been vulnerable and has it been a safe place for you? Do you connect in emotional ways? Do you feel like they're hearing you and are genuinely, genuinely curious about you? Um, this is like an example is like you share something really intimate to you and they are present. They are curious. They make you feel safe. They don't judge you. And, in a moment of crisis, this is also an area where this could be really important as well, emotional safety. And so that's, but it's very important to have emotional boundaries because what a lot of people do, especially Christians, is we get emotionally naked on the first date. And how do we do this? By telling our testimony on the first date and our entire come to Jesus story. Here's my entire life vulnerable story in the first moments of meeting someone yeah and and look you can tell your testimony but let's maybe do a spark notes version Mm. you know like and i like i personally think space it out i don't think tell them on the first date your entire testimony yeah and and it's it's not an absolute rule we might disagree here if you do want to do it just go spark notes super high level you know two minutes and let it ride from there because um, maybe you have a similar experience, but the one thing you don't want to do necessarily is dive straight into trauma, dive straight into the issues yeah. and dive straight into, you know, this is my struggle and it still is my struggle. 
Yeah. You're emotionally getting naked. And especially, okay, if you are going to tell your testimony earlier on, give the spark notes, but especially don't do this. Do not text it. Don't text it over a dating app with somebody that you have never met before. I agree. Oh my goodness. No wonder. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. Guys have asked me like, well, tell me your testimony. I'm like, no, sir. Um, I want to tell you that in real life when I've gotten to know you better. I'm super excited to share it. It's great. But I'm not going to give you my whole life story of testimony here over DM when I've never met you. Yeah, I've never heard that. Oh, um, it happens all the time. I'm kind of surprised. You're surprised? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised at this point <laughs> anymore. But I mean, I feel like that's such a important question. Mm-hmm. You don't really even want to leave it up to a text. None of these questions should really be you know? that much over text. None yeah. of these boundaries, like emotional, spiritual, physical. I, sh- I shouldn't be telling someone my physical past over a DM either. Oh, yeah. Definitely and, not. And the thing too is like, that's such an authentic answer that you also, you know, need to be observing and weighing because you also, that's a great like temperature check in the first three to five dates. If you're getting the spark notes of like, okay, where does this person kind of stand? You know, like, how did you become a Christian? What's important to you in your faith? These are like feeler questions, but they're not meant to go 10,000 feet deep. No. And that's what people do on a first date. Yeah. And I just will say, cause we're going to tie this in with how we've been in this area. I want to tell you guys about my emotional boundaries. I had no emotional boundaries. Um, earlier in my life, I just would tell people everything cause I wanted to be heard and I wanted to be validated because I didn't get a lot of that growing up as a child. And so my remedy for that was to really expose myself in the hopes, will you love me? Will you accept me? Will you not judge me? Will you validate me now that I'm sharing you with you these deepest parts of my heart? And I had such vulnerability hangovers and I had such regret. And then I was angry at both the other person and myself. This happened in friendship. This happened in dating relationships. This happened in so many scenarios that I started realizing it's not even because I shouldn't even be mad at these people. It's it's because I should really be looking at myself and taking ownership because I did yeah, not have emotional boundaries mm-hmm. and I need to own that I did not have emotional boundaries and healthy emotional boundaries. Yeah. So what about you, babe? Anything with emotional boundaries that you want to share? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's that you didn't have great emotion. Maybe it's like that you had too high of emotional boundaries and you didn't share enough with people. Yeah. I, 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 this, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's a lot to say here. Someone like just stumbling, you know, mm-hmm. into it. Um, I think if you haven't gotten to a place of realizing what your tendencies are, that's a really good place for you to just pause in your dating life because i would say i naturally kind of fell into some places with kate and when i dated her that happened to be pretty good practices and there are also some that weren't you know fully tidied up Mm. and so even as i've asked myself this question i was like oh my gosh and as i've with emotional boundaries with emotional boundaries yeah yeah, for sure and as i've grown you know my knowledge of of dating and uh dating practically as a christian I definitely look back at some of the way, some of the mental approaches I had of dating. I was like, dude, I was way off. And my intention was good. Give us an example, because this is, I want to know specifics. Yeah, I think I, pendulum wise, I think I swung on both sides. Uh, There would be some opportunities where I would get way too excited up front. I would really look into her responses back to me, her mood, you know, how much she enjoyed the date. 
and then I would overinvest mm. my emotions into yeah. the success of it working out. Guess what? When it doesn't work out, you're just setting yourself up for a really big disappointment. Yeah. Lots of true. emotional pain and confusion. And then which can in turn, you, you kind of look you know, right for a causal big, well, it has to be me. Yeah. And something's wrong with me. I did something wrong. I wasn't perfect. I wasn't funny enough. You know, I didn't do X something well enough. Mm. And then it's just kind of like a, a very defeating mindset. And then the other one would be um, putting so much pressure on the first date or the first two dates. Like, can I see myself with this person long term or not? Instead of desiring friendship. Yeah. You know, and so both of those for me would be, you know, if I did happen to find somebody who checked out a lot of my boxes. But do you think emotionally, because we're talking about sharing and emotionally like, um, which, yeah, you overcommitted in your mind. Do you think that like verbally you overcommitted or verbally you ever asked questions that were maybe crossing the line? Like, um, just curious. Actually, no, because I think before I even started dating, I fortunately had a mentor yeah. who really walked me through. That's awesome. You know, he like, and my mind was blown the day because yeah. I came from the South and it was like all physical boundary, all physical boundary, all physical boundary and the day that you know somebody pulled me aside and was like hey by the way you know there's more than just physical boundaries so i was like why he's like yeah there's emotional and physical uh physical and spiritual boundaries and i was like oh that makes sense unfortunately i didn't have a long enough dating history to really push any of these yeah but he was just like yeah i mean emotionally just think about it it makes sense you shouldn't be getting into daddy issues you shouldn't be asking those really probing questions yeah like you should not be doing an investigation on your first date yeah i was like wow that's a really good point because the other thing that happens besides like you know, advertising your weaknesses, you know, and hopefully it's not an abusive person because they will definitely take note of that. Yeah, that's is, true. Um, Again, this is uh, having boundaries is about your safety yeah, and, and for the health of the relationship safety as well. Yeah. And then for the health of relationship, it's um, it creates so much false intimacy yeah. way too early. You're getting emotionally naked. You're getting emotionally. Yeah, naked. You're trauma you're like, bonding. That's yes, what it is. You're, you're trauma, trauma bonding. bonding. You're sharing things like Guys, if you have a pornography addiction, you should not be sharing that on the first date. Oh it's, my gosh, it's not yeah. like a it's not like a vulnerable badge of honor. Be like, I was so vulnerable with her, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, that's like that's it, not it's wise. Just not yeah, wise. I agree. It's not smart. And of course, if the other person like receives it well, you're gonna feel good. You're gonna feel really close to that person. You're gonna feel like, oh my gosh, like yeah. we're on the same page. Yes, and you shouldn't be that early. Yeah, I agree. So I want to give you guys an example quickly, and then we'll go to spiritual and physical quickly, and then give you a, a bit of a, a model for how to pace things out. So a guy I was talking to in the last few years, I remember I had only really been dating in the dating phase with him for one month. And we were having a great time. And I remember he asked me a question about uh, my family. And it was a question that I typically don't answer, honestly, with somebody early on. It's something I've never shared publicly, or I don't share this stuff publicly. And so I actually decided in my spirit in that moment, I was like, nope, I can't share this with him right now. It doesn't feel like a safe place. This is not a good place for me to do that. And so I basically said to him, I was like, thank you, for asking me that it shows me that you really care about this area of my life. And I really see your intentions. And I appreciate that for me, this is actually something really sacred and actually really, really vulnerable. Like it's high, high on my vulnerability list. And 
Um, I, I look forward to being able to share that with you through time, but I'm not comfortable quite yet with where we are sharing that. But I do really look forward to one day being able to share that. That's great. You and, said that? Yeah. Word for word? Yep. Yes. Unfortunately, the person didn't take it well, (laughs) but, and that, that's, that's a control thing on his end. However, for me, I felt really proud of myself and that I didn't push past it and share just because he, this person asked a question. He didn't know that it tapped into something super vulnerable for me, but I was like, nope, not going to share. And so, um, that's, that's a way also just practically, how do you actually manage, um, having emotional boundaries and you need to know what you're willing to share early on. When I talk about vulnerability, I typically talk about it like an onion and knowing Mm -hmm. like there's different layers of vulnerability. So at the core of your onion, that's 10 out of 10, nine out of 10, the the top areas of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Those are like the locked trauma moments of things that you've worked really hard through, hopefully, but you don't just broadcast those to on from a rooftop. Um, and then you need to, then from there it goes down layer by layer in the beginning, you're sharing the top layers and then Mm -hmm. you need to know what's in the middle layers and you need to be able to do this exercise for yourself. It's so important to know what you're willing to share up front and know what is off limits for you until you build trust. And then you need to stick to it because somebody may try to cross your emotional boundary unintentionally, and you need to still be able to stick to your emotional boundary and know what it is yeah just because they might set the pace doesn't mean you always have to you know reply at the same pace yeah and that you know your answer is really good i could see how you know somebody might be like oh you don't trust me yeah but that's probably more insecurity on that their side yeah so i would just say guys and girls if somebody answers the way that kate answered that's super impressive and really attractive it's super emotionally mature and really commendable. So if a girl answered a question like that on one of my you know first dates, I would have been like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be, okay, yeah, sure. Um, that's great. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know if I would apologize for asking. No. But I really appreciate her answer. Yeah. And then I would also probably take a second to reflect. Me like, was that question too probing? Yeah. Was I, you know, what was I looking for there? Yeah. And if I answer that or if I ask that question again, how can I ask it in a more lighthearted manner that's, you know, not really asking her to go deep? And and the question this person asked me, it was not deep. It was yeah. it was a very basic question about and it was just like the answer to it, the honest answer to it <laughs> yeah. was super, super, super vulnerable and deep. It wasn't an it wasn't a casual answer. Yes. So I was like, mm, can't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> it seems really basic, but it's actually really complicated uh, so and deep for me. <laughs> he was a bit, yeah. So let's get into the next one, spiritual boundaries. I don't think we need to spend a crazy amount of time on this one, but I think it needs to be touched on. And Mm -hmm. what I want to say here is spiritual boundaries is, you know, not getting, if you're not getting hot and heavy in the bedroom, you're not getting hot and heavy with your prayer life and your spiritual life with this person. Correct. And so you know, same with emotional. So it needs, these need to be balanced. And so spiritual, I knew, I knew a couple that they had really great physical boundaries that were honoring to what they wanted. Um, they had okay emotional boundaries, but their spiritual boundaries were not there. And they, from an early time frame, 
they, you know, went to church together. They did everything in spiritually together, but then they would end up praying for hours on end with one another, hours and hours and hours to the wee hours of the morning, praying for not only other people, but praying for each other and their relationship like early, early, early on. And that is a classic case of crossing spiritual boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, and again, we said it early and we'll say it often in this episode. The intention was probably amazing. Yes. Super focus on God, the Lord, you know, their mission, Jesus impact on their individual lives. But in actuality, probably unwise to share that much intimacy between God and themselves that early on. Totally. Great intention though. Like I love, I love it. Most of these that we've even said don't have a bad intention. Mm -hmm. However, the reality is that spiritual intimacy too early can create just as much of a bond as some of these other forms of, of intimacy. Here's practically what I would suggest. I would suggest like pacing it out, but yes, you can pray or ask for prayer requests. I would just avoid praying too intimately early on, especially for each other and your relationship as before the relationships even defined. Yeah. What are you praying about with the other person specifically? You can be praying by yourself for it. Of course. Oh. I hope so. thousand percent. I would hope so. But like, hey, babe, let's spend an hour tonight praying over our relationship before we even are in one. You know, I just, you can pray for the meal. (laughs) You can pray, you know, after certain things happen, but you should not be having the same prayers with your early partner or girlfriend or non-exclusive partner. Like you should not be having the same prayers with them that you do with your mentor or with your Bible study or with your men's group. Like yeah. that's early on. Yeah. Yep. They should not be similar prayers at all. Yeah. I agree. Um, so good. Babe, do you want to go to physical boundaries? Yeah. Let's okay. Do it. So this is the hot topic always. And we aren't going to spend our whole episode talking on this, but physical boundaries, there's a lot to say here. Mm. I wrote about this. I wrote about sexual desire and defining my sexual ethic or redefining my sexual ex- ethic in chapter three of my book. Thank you for rejecting me. And the first thing I want to say is this really needs to come from a place of wholeness, of health, of healing. And it should not come from a place of shooting, meaning someone is shooting on you. You should do this. You should not do that. You really want to get to a place which the purity culture often and like informed us in that way. And so you're, I think our connection to physical boundaries as it relates to being a Christian needs to come from what does God say about sex and sexual desire? What learnings have you had on these things? Are any of them based and rooted in shame? And if so, we need to rewrite some of that so that we can come up with a healthy sexual ethic for us as individuals that's connected to the heart of God. Yeah. And it's based off God's heart for sex. And, you know, the best way to describe Mm -hmm. this is I grew up in the rural South Mm. and the youth pastor without a ton of access to really great boundaries and resources like this, just, I don't feel like it was quite as prevalent 20 years ago, Mm. you know, as it is today. Like the intention, I feel like this, I've said it a thousand times, the intention behind the purity culture might've been good, but the why behind the shouldn't is a million times more important. Mm. Like the why we should not do these things 
is God's story of procreation of sex, of the beautiful gift of sex. So the why behind a boundary is so much more important than, you know, I can't do this, you know, and, you know, I signed this card and these <laughs> very legalistic ABC rules. Like, and even when you're saying should not, I'm, I'm still, I'm getting a little, I'm sweating right now because even that, what you said to me, and I'm just, I love you, babe, but I'm going to call you out. Like some of that even still to me feels like a little legalistic, like for the person listening, I want people, I, my hope and prayer is that people can truly debunk instead of having a list of should and should not yes. of like, what is that for me pressing into the heart of God and reading the Bible and truly understanding versus just all these narratives I received and ter- teachings I received based yeah. in shame that always did say should and should not. Yes. A, f- a, f- <clears throat> a 10 second should or should not for this boundary should not suffice mm. it like, cause there's so much more of God's story behind that boundary yeah. of why it's so important to have this as a very intimate sacred space that we, you know, protect, uh, for something so much better down the road. Yeah. Like, and, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, it's even more than that. It's like also it's, that is the pinnacle, but then there's also like so much scientific research on why it's also bad to not bad. I hate the word bad, but, but why it connects you to somebody prematurely and creates a bond to somebody prematurely. Like the oxytocin is happening. Their hormones are flying. You now have a soul tie to somebody in a sense, because those are bonding agents. Oxytocin is a bonding agent. And so when you cross and you do specific physical things, they're like oxytocin is being released. There it's flying all mm-hmm. around. And then you are going to feel so connected to that person. And you may be connected to somebody that you don't actually want to be committed to. And then that creates a whole lot of like unsafety for you as an individual. Yeah. I, like as if it wasn't already hard enough to kind of decipher and make a really great objective decision about this person and their character and their fit in your life and a life together that glorifies God, the physical, just like spiritual and emotional, all three of them just blur the image. Yeah. They really blur it to like, who are you looking at across the aisle from you? Yeah. And the the physical is the more tangible, mm-hmm. but spiritual, emotional, all three of them, like they really blur that picture of, of who you're looking at and kind of start to, you know, let sin weave itself in and really kind of just um, murky up the waters. And well, then you in start any justifying. of these ways, if you do emotional connection to early spiritual, physical, it's murking up the waters and all of them. They're just as important. And that was also yeah. a huge lesson for me. It's because it's always physical, always physical. It's just as important to have the emotional guard and spiritual guard that you do the physical. And just like we charge you guys with knowing your emotional boundaries, that's how you need to figure out what your physical are. We're not going to sit here and say you can or cannot kiss. You can or cannot hold hands. Like this is, that is honestly ridiculous. Like you need to figure that out as a grown adult, knowing debunking what the purity culture said, because there was a lot of harm done there. 
even though again, not all of it was bad intentions, but there was a lot of harm. There was, I was, I had a lot of harm done to me based on that. And a lot of horrible things happened because I was living in deep mounds of shame based on the teachings of the purity culture. And so I had to look to heal that, rewire that and get to a better, healthy understanding of sexuality and my sexual desire, Mm -hmm. which is, is a beautiful God-given gift. So here's the thing. I want to quickly go from these three boundaries into pacing and into this model, because I think it's really important. It will help even speak to even the physical, which I know everyone wants to know more of. So let's get into the RAM model. And uh, Dr. John Van Epp is incredible. He was on an episode of the podcast a few years ago, and he wrote a book called How to Avoid Falling in Love with the Jerk. I love it. And jerk is gender neutral. Okay. It could be a guy or a girl. All <laughs> Thank right. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> yes. for all the men who feel beat up. Did no, you hear that? it's gender neutral. He That's says it in the us. book. So he says this, okay. If attachment is the glue in relationships, then an accelerated attachment is like super glue. It activates a willingness to overlook and minimize obvious problems. It blinds your vision so that you only see the part, never the whole. And it intoxicates your emotions and hormones so that you feel safe and secure in this newfound love. It is crucial to realize that your ability to form strong and loving bonds can betray you if you do not intentionally pace a new relationship. This is wild. I love that part. It is crucial to realize that your ability to form strong and loving bonds can betray you if you do not intentionally pace a relationship. This is it. This is what I said earlier. We hand over our hearts too early. And I want to call myself out because I am and have always been the hopeless romantic. And so I saw a guy who was willing to give me affirmation, hear me, see me, quote unquote, love me. And I was like, you are my man. We are getting married. All the Disney stuff. And I was like, let's make it happen. And I was like, it blinded my vision. It intoxicated my emotions, like Dr. Van Epp says. And I felt safe and secure without really knowing somebody. And so you know, this is how do you know if you want to marry them? If you don't actually know much about them, the people right. saying in the beginning, God told me you're my wife. Yeah. God told me you're my husband. Oh my I'm God. like, oh, how do you know if you want to marry them? If you don't know that much about them, yeah. even if you feel any of that in your heart, you feel like, Oh, this could be it. Don't say that. And don't overcommit to that. You need to see this person through mm. time. Y'all anyway. Okay. So John Van Epp created a model. It's called the Ram model. And there are five different sliders in this model that go up through time. Now it's led by the first slider and then the other ones should follow. But the first one is, is where it should start. The first slider is no. This is the fact that you should be getting to know them through time. It goes up. The slider in this category goes up as you get to know more things about them, which only happens as you get to know them through time. Mm -hmm. The second slider is, do you want to go over this one, babe? It's trust. Yeah. And you have to have more positive, confident trust in the person. And so when you have those deeper, positive layers of trust, you can have stronger feelings. But that slider of trust, and that can only happen over time, if you think about it. Trust is a really good one over time. You can, you can only have more confident, positive feeling. Well, not, you can't only some people put trust in a person when they don't know them. That's the point. So 
Trust is the second one. The third one is rely. Can you depend on that person to follow through? Can you depend on them to meet some of your mm, needs? Yeah. Are they reliable? That's right. the third one. Rely. Right. Really important. Then the fourth one is commit. This is where we're talking about commitment should be, in our opinion, slow and steady. JJ and I dated for about three months before we truly committed. And that was important. Um, and then the last one is what, babe? Touch. <laughs> Touch, which Touch. ties into the physical stuff. Yeah, yep. physical and chemistry. And I would just say, you know, it's touch is exciting. It's tantalizing. But I think with a lot of surrender, when that becomes on the back burner, um, it really just clarifies the picture of who you're dealing with, mm. why you're attracted to them. And I would just really challenge the guys on this. Yeah. Um, when you can start, we talked about this in the last episode. Yeah. When you can start to emotionally be attracted to women and spiritually be attracted to the women, the physical just starts to fade and wane and just Mm. become the least important thing yeah. because you just become so emotionally attracted and spiritually attracted to their character and who they are. You're like, and that's kind of like Dave and Lynn, that story I shared last time. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> when I first saw Lynn, I didn't think anything of her. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, but he learned to love her. And more importantly, they grew an awesome friendship that at Age 70 is still thriving today, Yeah, he's a I 70 love. guy. He's a 70-year-old. So cute. You know, the physical comes and goes. And if anything, I've I've learned it's the physical is the most deceiving of all of them. Uh, yeah. Well, it's because a lot of us also don't understand ourselves in the physical bucket because we haven't had any proper education on yeah, these things as Christians. Exactly. But touch is important. That's your physical chemistry. That is physically being attracted to somebody. And those things are important. We talked last week about the buckets of attraction and that attraction is like an equation. It's multifaceted. Mm -hmm. But physical and the touch part of your relationship is important. But here's the thing. Like, the, ba the key to this RAM mo model is that the balance of these buckets produce the health of your relationship. And so for a lot of people, let's, let's just go into an example for a lot of people for me. Okay. For me, I used to go straight into touch. Mm -hmm. Let's just hook up in a sense. And not, that may not be you on this podcast, but trust me, for me, that was me in my past. It was like touch, let's hook up. And then all of a sudden I feel like I can rely on them and I'm committed to them in my mind and my heart, because now we have this bond. Right. Yep. And so what is supposed to be the fourth and fifth lever are now suddenly my first two. They, yeah. It's swapped the exactly. process. I don't really know them yet. I haven't built trust. I don't know if I can rely on them, but suddenly now I'm hooking up with them and I have a commitment to them with <laughs> it's, and I laugh, but that is, that is what I often did that I had to really figure out and rewire. Mm. And so, you know, the point of this is maybe it, you're not like me. Maybe that wasn't your crutch of hooking up and committing really early, but maybe let's remove the touch one. For example, maybe you are committing really early. You go on a first, second, third date and you're like, I'm exclusive or this is my boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh my goodness. Now you have committed, but guess what? You have gone straight to the fourth lever without the first, second or third being in place, which yeah. is very dangerous for the health of yourself Again, your internal safety and the health of the relationship. Well, think about the order. Know, trust, rely, commit, and touch. If you put, if you swap up the order of any of those, 
you can it gets really messy yes and especially if you put anything above knowing and trusting it gets really messy yeah really fast and so kate's was like an explicit version of touch right but even if it's not um you know hooking up if it's just kissing you know or making out and stuff that's definitely blurring the lines really quick really fast committing like think about that like (laughs) committing to somebody before you know and trust them obviously that's a really big no-no and then relying on them for stuff i think you know you're just it's just so risky. Well, that's what happens also to the relying can often happen when you get emotionally naked because mm-hmm. now you're you're relying on them to emotionally be able to take care of your needs because now you expose different yeah, emotional past, parts like, of yourself. And pastor you and mentor you and yeah. help you out with your struggle that yes. it should be your best friend of the same sex or your mentor. You're, the other person should never be your mentor or your pastor or your accountability partner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. never oh honey you're so funny yeah i agree ever i agree so here's how it should go um it starts with the no bucket this is all again dr john van epp go check out what he does my love thinks also his daughter morgan on instagram at my love thinks is amazing shout out to morgan check out the book how to avoid falling in love with the jerk but here again so starts with the no bucket and you should not go any further in one bonding area than the previous meaning as you get to know someone through time then you start to build trust Mm -hmm. as you trust them then you can rely on them for some specific needs and things that are important to you. And then commitment should come after a healthy amount of knowing, trusting, and relying on someone. I'm going to say that again. Commitment should come after a healthy amount of knowing, trusting, and relying on someone, Mm -hmm. which means in dating, we really have to work to not escalate one or more of the buckets until we begin to know someone. And as Christians, we failed this a lot. Yeah. And I love y'all. And this is not to shame you at all. It's just to say, let's wake up and say there, you know what? It's not a badge of honor to commit to someone early on. I have sometimes people in my I DMs. Agree. I had a DM lately. I'm not going to name anybody because I don't do that. However, a person said, I knew from date one, God told me this is my person. I was like, Oh, and then, um, uh, like a week or two later, they're like, we're getting engaged in the spring. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like literally I'm like, yeah. Lord Jesus, come you know, Holy Spirit convict them right now because they don't really, they haven't gone through this process. And I definitely grew up in church circles where I heard the similar story and they were still married 20, 30, 40 years later. And it was really cool to hear, mm. but it's really rare. Where you meet and you get married really quick. Yeah. Yep. And you know, like I'm not questioning people's ability to hear God. I just have a lot of doubt or, um, uh, I have a really strong desire to test that. <laughs> like, did you actually hear that? And and here's you know? the thing, babe, even if they did hear from God, okay, let's just take it a step further. We said this earlier, people, we never hear people really regretting taking time. Yeah. So even if you heard from God, let's just air yeah. quote it. You heard from God. We, I still urge you. Do not rush into anything with this person. See them through time. Why are Christian marriages also at a 50% divorce rate? Yeah. Because people are not getting to know the other person Mm -hmm. through time. They are saying, God told me this is it. I see a great potential in this person. Let's go. Let's move forward. And they're getting married. But then Christian marriages are also 50% divorce rate right now. And look, and, and, and I hear this a lot. Um, 
what if um as far as like the uh getting emotionally naked or physically very intimate it's like i have to know if we're compatible before we get married Mm. we have to build comfort and trust in these areas before we get married and to that i say two things one is time is your friend Mm -hmm. you are in no rush no matter how old you are time is on your side gary thomas this should be etched in your brain if you're single would you rather be married for two years and have 48 marriage, 48 years of a miserable marriage? Mm. Or would you rather date for four years and have 46 years of a great marriage? Right. Like right. it is the trade-off is just so not worth it. And we just think in like days and weeks and months when we should be thinking in years. Yeah. And then the second thing is, especially physically, that's probably the biggest one. Because yeah. I hear from like a secular perspective, it's like, how are you going to get married to somebody without even physically knowing them? You know, you like got to try it sex. before you buy it. I hate yeah, that I phrase. I hate it too. So horrible. Because yes. here's the reality. In case that's you didn't know say. this, I'm not married. <laughs> so we'll report back on this. <laughs> In six months, but like sex and some of these things, that spiritual nakedness, that spiritual intimacy of becoming one, the emotional, you know, connection Mm -hmm. of becoming one, that should be a very new, like unfamiliar experience. It like awkward, you know, because there is so much beauty in figuring out together. I don't know if it needs to be awkward, but yeah. Okay. What awkward is a heavy word, (laughs) but unfamiliar. It should be very unfamiliar. Um, as you, I disagree in some build, ways. Because you build. Yeah, you should build together. together. But I do believe that we as Christians have had be- very little and limited sexual education about ourselves. Okay. And and so with that, I believe that we should be re-educating ourselves as singles because the purity culture said, don't look, don't think, don't do anything or else you will get chlamydia and die. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Yeah, as you enter, I'm not saying to test the waters. I'm saying to understand your body, how it functions, understand yourself. Yeah, well, and you always have engagement, you know, and and premarital and all those premarital to figure that stuff out. Yes, but that's where it's like you can't be super shut down to your sexuality either. Anyway, side conversation, side note. That'll be a good one. Yeah. Oh, I've talked about that. That's my chapter three of my book, honey. Uh Um, but anyway, it's so. You know, within this model, we're not saying that with touch, like you should necessarily be having sex as the, as your knowing, trusting, relying, committing goes up. That's not what we're saying. You need to develop your own sexual ethic. JJ and I have not had sex at all. And so that's not what we're saying. And we are engaged. We're just saying really think about, especially the, like your pacing and your priority in like the way you're doing relationships, know, trust, rely, commit touch. It should be going in that order and you should be like, and then eventually this is great too. It's a great model also for when you're in a healthy relationship and in a marriage, like those levers should all be decently high and in balance in order to have a really healthy yeah, relationship. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, imagine, imagine touch being super high, but trust and rely being really low. Yeah. It doesn't really sound like an emotionally healthy marriage. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. or the inverse, you know, yeah. um, trust and rely is really high. Like that's not the issue, but touch is really low. Yeah. Like that's not healthy either. Yeah, I agree, babe. Um, well, guys, we really hope and pray that this helped you talking about boundaries and pace. And, um, you know, this has been something JJ and I 
we haven't done all of this perfectly by any means, but it was, we were really intentional about the pace of our relationship, I would say. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was because of you, you know, and your uh, dating challenge. Yeah. You know, so it happened to work out really well. Because I did the dating. Yeah. But even yeah. if it didn't, we probably would have taken our time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that was, and we said this before, taking it one date at a time. Yeah. That's and, our motto. And what was pretty fun was like <laughs> the last like two to three weeks of that three month uh, challenge was pretty exciting because we, we both, you know, felt that gravitation and we were just kind of, she, Kate was, you know, what I was so attracted to is Kate had mentors and very close friends mm. who she was getting the, uh, you know, blessing from. Yeah. And that that was like, oh my gosh, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because she knew her tendencies. She knew her weaknesses. Yeah. And she relies on the counsel of godly, wise friends. Yeah. Which I'm like, I what more that. could you ask for yeah. from your partner? Oh, thanks, honey. Mm-hmm. You guys, what a great time talking today. We really hope this helped you, blessed you, and we can't wait to do even more episodes I with know. JJ, Jean-Jacques. I hope this was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I had fun. Mm-hmm. You did a great job, baby. <laughs> I love you. I love you too, and we love you guys. All right, guys, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. The Heart of Dating Podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge Podcast Network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. Special shout out to Anjali Maga and Gabriella Asperu, who make this show possible each week and help to keep me sane. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.